This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this is hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. At the bottom of the hour, Bruce Lavelle, a former Trump associate, is going to be joining us to talk about Fonnie Willis. And the uh, governor of, uh, of Georgia doesn't want to have anything to do with the case, with the uh, obvious uh, criminality of Fonnie Willis paying her boyfriend uh, an exorbitant amount of money to uh, not only um, uh, persecute Donald Trump, but also uh, for additional goods and services. I'll just put it that way. A little about chicka bow bow, which normally, you know, I guess I guess two hundred fifty dollars an hour is about right. Just ask Hunter Biden; he would be able to, he would be able to tell you that. <laughs> I uh, I closed the last hour talking about uh, uh, the liberal Karens who are suddenly deciding what you should hear on television. Now uh, I mentioned that the liberal Karens are the source of all of the nonsense, censorship, and bullcrap in America. They are. I identified them in the '90s when I lived in Minneapolis. I used to call these women who'd call up these white women in cul-de-sacs would call up and they would be offended for anybody and they'd say well i really don't think the native american mascot should exist and i go are you a native american no but i know somebody who is and then they've done everything since then liberal karens they, uh, they, for instance, when George Floyd died of a drug overdose and they blamed it on a cop and threw him in jail, uh, 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 the liberal Karens decided that, well, you little black people, you need the police to be defunded. And the, the people over here, like in the inner cities, like, you know, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. I really don't. No, no, no. Trust me. I've got this for you. And then they said, you know what else? Because George Floyd died in Minneapolis, we're going to get rid of the Redskins. That makes sense. And then the Dixie Chicks, they're all liberal. Karen said, we're just going to become the chicks, you morons. And then, and then they decided, you know, honestly, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben are very offensive, and we need to get rid of those. And then while we're at it, we'll get rid of the Land of Lakes Indian on the butter there. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll call the pancake mix that was the Aunt Jemima's Pearl Mining Company. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just it's so stupid. It's not even funny. But but this takes the cake. When Rachel Maddow on MSNBC the other night would not let Donald Trump's speech run, she made the decision to censor it for you. Tonight will not air here live. Rachel Maddow announced that MSNBC would not be covering Trump's victory speech. An invasion. We have an invasion of millions and And CNN cut away after just a few minutes of it. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically Yeah, Jake Tapper's a Karen too. 
According to Maddow, it's because Trump and his supporters are fascists. We are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. And Trump spreads misinformation. There is a cost to us as a news organization of... Yeah, yeah, it's about being Karens. And I, and I said to Jim Gossip this morning, I say, you know, Jim, we need an official liberal Karen theme song for all the people who are telling us that we, what we need to hear and what we should see and what should be banned and all that. And he came up with this. Israel, they all hate Liberal Karens, they think Hamas is great That's true Liberal Karens, they are behind the move to Defund police And they did They're mostly unappealing And quite obese Well, a lot of them are Rachel Maddow, Joy Behar, Liberal Karens. <laughs> of morality they are, completely barren. They want to take our freedoms from you and me. Because Liberal Karens hate this country. That is right, baby. Number one in my arsenal is uh, is ridicule, and so that's what I'm here to do. Ridicule those who would decide for you and me what we should hear, uh, what we should see. These are the uh, hallmarks of a dictatorial regime and a sycophantic media that, despite the First Amendment, says, okay, I'll bend over and take it. I don't even need a bottle of wine. I don't even need dinner. I'll just do it. No big deal. It is, uh, it is truly remarkable. Truly, truly remarkable. Oh, and then this is kind of funny. Yesterday, uh, Donald Trump, you know, uh, the UK Daily Mail did a story. Oh, he looks really tired. Obviously, his health is really... Da -da -da. Well, wouldn't you be tired, too, for what he's gone through the last seven years? Wouldn't you be tired what you've gone through the last three years, particularly the last one year, with four political indictments being uh, run out of the White House against you? Wouldn't you be damn sick and tired that the FBI was sent to your residence to search for anything? With nothing in mind, just show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Wouldn't you be exhausted with all the public appearances this man does all of the time he spends on Air Force, or on, well, it's not Air Force One, it's Trump Force One. Wouldn't you be tired? If you were 35, you would be passed out on the floor, exhausted. But he does it, because he realizes the existential crisis we are experiencing. So yesterday, Donald Trump, there's a there's still shot of Donald Trump, and he had his hand up, and and, and what happened, and what I, I saw this, it looks like uh, he was holding a red marker, and there were a couple little dots of red, three little points on his index, I think his middle finger, and his thumb. And, and James Carble, who should know better, but he's wrong about everything. He always has been. He's high regard as a political pundit, but he, he knows nothing. He literally, uh, right before uh, Barack Obama lost both houses of Congress in a midterm, wrote a book about how Democrats would be in power in another 40 years. And right after the book was published, which sold very few copies, he was proven wrong. But here is James Carville. He knows what this is. If you go to the Drudge Report, and I think it'll still be up. Oh, the there, Drudge there's Report. There's a story yeah. that talks about Trump having hand cuts, and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous. 
secondary syphilis. <laughs> All right, I think I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. <laughs> oh my God, this is a man who who literally uh, puts out his uh, annual physical report so everybody can see that he's mentally and physically not impaired like Joe Biden. And here is this jackweed suggesting something like this. Apparently, James Carville knows a lot about syphilis, but I guess Democrats probably do. Isn't it weird that even though uh, uh, Bill Clinton was, uh, you know, uh, banging an intern in the Oval Office and had a history of womanizing and flying on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, nobody ever said anything about that, and he never made his uh, he never made his uh, physicals uh, public either. It's just uh, that's irresponsible. Yeah, that is just irresponsible. Uh, the judge in the uh, case, the uh, defamation trial against E. Jean Carroll, uh, the Alina Haba demanded for a mistrial. Trump shook his head in court, and uh, things erupted in chaos. Uh, apparently, she, E. Jean Carroll, deleted evidence. Deleted evidence. That should be a mistrial. But this is a kangaroo court. Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Hobbin, demanded a mistrial for E. Jean Carroll's defamation case as her cross-examination descended into chaos Wednesday, this according to the UK Daily Mail. Uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan, who has frequently slapped down the attorney in the courtroom, quickly denied her request after columnist Carol admitted she deleted emails after accusing Trump of rape. You've got Judge Ingeron with his other case where Donald Trump is being threatened with a uh, with $370 million fine for supposedly uh, over-inflating the value of his properties, even though the banks gave him, after analyzing his property values, gave him the loans and he paid them back in kind with interest. Do you understand this? If you don't, you better start understanding it. So Donald Trump shook his head in disagreement uh, and uh, stared at the floor as Haba continued questioning Carol on the 10th day of the $10 million defamation trial. Carol choked up as she told the jury she received death threats. (laughs) But the problem is she actually uh, deleted evidence under subpoena. In 2019, E. Jean Carroll alleged Donald Trump raped her in the Bergdorf Goodman dressing room in the 1990s. She didn't know what day. Uh, she didn't have any evidence or any, uh, any uh, witnesses whatsoever, but it was enough. Even though Donald Trump was one of the most popular people in America who has a security entourage around him all the time, all it took was a leftist jury pool in, in New York City to convict him of this, and the judge went for it. Under cross-examination by Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, Carol admitted she deleted emails under subpoena. Judge Kaplan ran interference for Carol. President uh, Trump's attorney, Alina, asked Carol if she received a subpoena. Yes, Carol said. Carol admitted to deleting emails under subpoena because she didn't want to upset her lawyers. Maybe her lawyers said, oh, you know, maybe we ought to ixnay on emailies. What do you think? Judge Kaplan rushed to E. Jean Carroll's defense after Elena Haba moved for a mistrial following Carroll's admission to deleting massive amounts of evidence. Denied, uh, I moved for a mistrial. Evidence has been deleted. Kaplan defended Carroll. Denied, and the jury will disregard everything Ms. Haba just said, even though it's true. Donald Trump said on, uh, on Truth Social, this is an amazing day of trial. We learned that E. Jean Carroll is no baby. She admitted on the stand to deleting massive amounts of evidence under subpoena, which is a crime. Based on that alone, both this trial and the first trial should be immediately dismissed. Additionally, she first admitted to having a gun without a license. Huh! But then admitted to buying bullets for a rifle, not a handgun, which perhaps makes no sense. Her lawyers went crazy, and so did the judge trying to protect her, and this complete and total election interfering witch hunt. 
By the way, not only did Judge Kaplan rush to defend Carroll, he threatened to kick Trump out of court, to which Donald Trump said, I would love that. <laughs> now, those of you who don't know uh, E. Jean Carroll, this is E. Jean Carroll, and I played this yesterday. This was when she was on uh, Anderson Cooper's show. And she said that people fantasize about raped or get being raped, and then she proceeded to hit on the very gay Anderson Cooper. People think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I a think most people thing. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Yeah, fact. let's take a short break. Can we take a short break? Because we've just exposed her as a complete nutbag. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> Wow, that's it right there. So he went to a break as soon as she, uh, you know, showed everybody in the world that she has no credibility because she's nuts, all right? It's fairly obvious, right? But, you know, when you put a kangaroo court in play with a kangaroo jury, this is what happens. And it's kind of funny because there was a kangaroo court for January the 6th, and they did a face plant because they had no evidence. And when this is appealed, and presumably he will probably be found guilty because it's a New York jury and this judge has already made up his mind. By the way, this according to Newsmax, Jack Smith accused of concealing evidence. Shut the front door. Yeah, special counsel Jack Smith concealed evidence about his Trump's collabor his office's collaboration with the Biden administration. Donald Trump's lawyers allege in a filing in Florida case regarding the former president's handling of classified documents. Uh, Trump's lawyers claimed in the 68-page filing that the information the received uh, that they received heavily redacted doc documents from a FOIA request revealing politically motivated operatives in the Biden administration and the National Archives and Records Administration era have been push have been pushing the classified documents investigation since 2001 this is obvious the former president's lawyers added the documents obtained through FOIA should have been disclosed by the special counsel's office in unredacted form at the offset of the case and asked the judge to require Smith to provide any additional evidence of bias and political animus well, it's everywhere. The special counsel's office has disregarded basic discovery obligations and DOJ policies in an effort to support the Biden administration's egregious efforts to weaponize the criminal justice system in pursuit of an objective that President Biden cannot achieve on the campaign trail, which is slowing down President Trump's lead. The patent absurdity of the office efforts is illustrated by the fact that while working toward a historic landslide victory in the Iowa caucuses yesterday, President Trump was also preparing to bring your honor attention today the record of misrepresentations and discovery violations that have marred this case from the offset. I told you right after the second indictment was announced, this was all political, and now we know it's all coming from the White House. Do you want to live in a country like this? Do you want this to continue this way? I don't think you did. And I don't think you do. Up next, what's happened on the Texas southern border? Attorney General in Texas Ken Paxton is drawing a line in the Rio Grande. I'll have details on the other side of this. And this, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. new feature on the show which recognizes the uh, unbelievable history 
of the United States of America. Mr. Jim Gossett put this together for us. So let's just take a moment for a brief history lesson, shall we? The Rob Carson Show presents Great Moments in Presidential Speeches. This is important. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Good one. That's good. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Oh, yeah, that's a big one, too, there. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Ronald Reagan there. Poor kids are just as bright as white kids. Join us again there for more go. great moments and presidential speeches here on the Rob Carson Show. I think that's important to recognize uh, history, and certainly uh, Joe Biden has been a uh, historic president, that's for sure. Let's talk about Texas. No, I won't back down. We miss you, Tom. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. I won't back no, down. I stand my ground. Sorry, this just kind of sounds good. Won't be turned around. <laughs> and I'll keep this world from dragging me down. So uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton issued a scorching response to the DHS cease and desist order. Texas won't back down is what it says here. On uh, January the 14th, the DHS sent a cease and desist letter to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton demanding the Texas Military Department end its enhanced border security measures in Eagle Pass's Shelby Park and demanded they comply by the 17th. Ooh, that was yesterday. I don't think I heard any fireworks. Did you? Because the facts and law side with Texas, the state will continue utilizing its constitutional authority to defend her territory, and I will continue defending those lawful efforts in court. Your demand last, uh, letter rests on a more fundamental misunderstanding of federal law and the role of sovereign states within our constitutional order. He then cites the federal statute DHS invoked in their letter that gives the U.S. Border Patrol warrantless access to land within 25 miles of the border. But A.G. Paxton points out that it states for the purpose of patrolling the border to prevent the illegal entry of aliens. A.G. Paxton argued that because a federal court found DHS as an utter failure to deter, prevent, and halt unlawful entry into the United States, DHS cannot claim the statutory duties derelict in enforcing as excuses to puncture to puncture. There you go. Attempts to shore up the uh, southern border. Yeah, among the false claims that must be re, uh, rebunked, debunked, including the claim that U.S. Border Patrol is being restricted from responding to emergency medical emergencies. Uh, that's what they said. And, uh, and Ken Paxton says, that's bullcrap. Your attempt to blame uh, Texas for three migrant deaths on January the 12th is vile, as you now should be aware, completely inaccurate. But that tragedy is your fault. The federal agents at the gate do not even have a boat in that section there's a slogan you know it you guys know don't mess with texas we know that uh texans have proudly been uh unbelievably independent they uh beat of course uh, back the mexican army to retake texas uh texas is always teetering on uh maybe we should uh, gtfo because the union is kind of screwed and I would venture to say that uh, Texas is ready to say, mm, you know what, to the federal government. 
And they should, by the way. And they, and they should, by the way. I heard yesterday from uh, friends in Texas that there are literally thousands of people in Texas, Texas citizens, ex-military, ex-police, who are more than willing to step forward and be, be deputized. And apparently that contingency is not off the books to be deputized to end this nonsense at the southern border. And if the federal government, guys, is behaving as an enemy of the people, then isn't it up to the states to protect the people in their state? Right? Well, of course. Of course. Coming up, uh, Governor Brian Kemp dismissed Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's request to criminally investigate Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis for corruption. Our good buddy Bruce Lavelle is going to join us on the other side of the break to talk about this. Yeah, clearly Brian Kemp is a little compromat, wouldn't you say? This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the wildly popular Newsmax Daily podcast, available for free along with Jerry Callahan, Rob Carson, and other great podcasts at Newsmax.com slash listen or wherever you get podcasts. I am proud to uh, welcome to the show on short notice, uh, former senior advisor to President T- Trump and former SBA advocate for the White House, Mr. Bruce Lavelle, who's also one hell of a cook, by the way. I'll throw that in there as well. Bruce Lavelle, welcome to the show, and, and thanks for taking the time to join us today. Hey, man. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. So I haven't spoken to you since this Fawny Willis uh, uh, instant. Uh, apparently she hired her boyfriend, Nathan Wade, a tr- profoundly underqualified man to, uh, to handle the prosecution of Donald Trump, even though he's never prosecuted a felony before, paying him an exorbitant amount of money to the tune of $600-plus while going on lavish vacations. And today we find out that Governor Brian Kemp dismissed Marjorie Taylor Greene's request to criminally investigate it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What's the vibe in Atlanta? And and uh, and then add to it with what uh, Brian Kemp has just done. Well, you know, it, it gets back to the so-called Judicial Committee, and that's the one that uh, Senator Colton Moore and <clears throat> most of us uh, opposed. Um, that's what we hire, our le- you know, elect our legislators for. You know, they're, they're the ones that go in and make inquiries, not uh, – punt something like of this nature to a, quote, a political appointment board is essentially what Kemp was talking about. It's a weak way of not owning up to responsibility and trying to blame someone else instead of taking full responsibility, first of all. Second of all, the attorney general could take this case if he wanted to, number one, and that's another story. Listen, this is what's happening out here, okay? I'm in Fulton County now. I'm just back. I spent time up in Iowa in the sub-zero temperatures, and I'm sure you saw the great results of that. <laughs> yes, sir. And, yes, sir. you know, this is one of those things where it, it's the same reason why <clears throat> Nikki Haley is still floating around with Jeb Bush and their backers and DeSantis. On the surface, they're saying, well, we don't agree with a lot of these indictments, whatever. But internally, they're hoping that one of these stick, and that's the reason why they're in here. And I just want to make this quick point as it relates to that, and I'll pivot back to Fonnie Willis, is that 
for Senator Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Tim Scott uh, from the great state of Florida, uh, many gubernatorial endorsements. You saw Doug Bergman in North Dakota. You saw, of course, Christy Noem and many other, quote, governors. And some have an extensive law background, especially Ted Cruz. What does that say? They know that these, these indictments are bogus. Trust me. None of these, uh, these elected officials, especially as politically as a lot of them are, that's another story, would stick their neck out on endorsements if they ever felt internally and deep down in their spirit that any of these indictments would stick. However, the donor bases and all the special interests are gambling and hoping and betting against in order to make this happen. And essentially, that's where all the funding comes from Fonnie Willis. And to your point, uh, Fonnie Willis did fly up to D.C. on the 23rd of May and have a conversation with the White House. It'd be interesting to see the depositions as it relates to who was in the room and what was said. The other part of that is that, you know, this isn't the first time there's an apparent, well, an improper behavior on Fonnie Willis. You know, in, in here in the street, I've been here since 88. I've a business for almost 30 years. You know, I know who's who and Democrats, De- Republicans, all types of very prominent business owners. And <clears throat> this isn't the first uh, affair. There's another affair, um, allegedly, oh. and I'll just say strong, that she was dating this one person related to the Young Thug uh, trial. And that's another situation. And so, listen, you know, Rob, this is one of these things, and all your your listeners, you know, this 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 movement is so strong, and that this, and I say this movement, meaning we, we the America First people. President Trump just happens to be the spokesperson, but it's eighty million plus of of us. This movement is so strong and covered that no weapon formed against this movement will come against us. And I, and I know I changed that scripturally a little bit, but I mean that, meaning that that this movement, this movement that's the, the pro-life movement, this movement that, that questions you know, the fairness of women, men's sports, this movement that says, hey, we need to protect our borders, we need to <clears throat> keep us safe of who's coming in and out, this movement that's pushing back against special interests and pay-to-play, this movement that covers, that says, hey, we need to lower our tax burdens and get our economy going so it's not a, tr- a tremendous you know, stress on our 30 million-plus small businesses. And many of your listeners are business owners that every, every other quarter they're paying their pay- payroll taxes that keep going up and up, not to mention some of the local taxes. This movement is bigger than all of us. So they can keep throwing this stuff up against the wall. You know, it's like when I spent several <clears throat> hours on world news uh, back in Iowa as well as national news, and I still stand firm on this, that this will come <clears throat> to pass, but it won't stick because the movement and the spirit of this movement is so strong that it won't stop us and we will prevail. And finding them know that, and that's why I said this, Rob. I talked to you last time when you were grilling those magnificent ribs, and I think you had that big pork belly laying up on that big <laughs> yes. grill one day. Yes. <laughs> I said that this is the spirit, and, and listen everyone carefully on this. This is the season of exposure, this right here. And, you know, I was on, 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 a, on a network one day, and, you know, I always like to pray, say, all right, Lord, give me the words what I'm about to say, not what Bruce wants to say and what you think you're going to say, God's like, no, I need you to say this. And, he, and I got this word back in October last year. He says, you know, Bruce, this is going to be the season of exposure. 
So all of this darkness and silliness and all this pay-to-play, all this stuff is coming to light right now. This is what you're starting to see unveil. It's happening from a lot of famous Hollywood actors. It's happening to preachers. It's happening to so-called uh, high-level elected officials. It's, it's, it's happening all over, this great movement. So just stay tuned, stay strong, stay prayed up, keep faith, because, you know, this is the shift. This is the shift of, of, of the wealth shift. This is the shift of the faith, the faithful. So I'm I'm strong. I'm 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 staying in this, and I know a lot of your listeners are, and the 80 plus million uh, supporters on this great America First movement from 2020. We've grown even larger. We picked up more people on the fence, and everyone's scratching their heads. You know, I was on NPR National News back at the Iowa caucus, and they asked me about all these indictments and tried to open up the the, the monologue with all this doom and gloom, and I said, you know. This reminds me of my uncles who marched in the civil rights movement here in Atlanta. This, the political persecution when Dr. King and my uncle and A.D. King, which is Alveda King's dad, which my uncle was in the same SCLC that went to jail over 125 times because they were trying to just fight to get to the polls or not have to ride the back of the bus or drink at a certain water fountain. And then the very three-letter word agencies, as well as some of that government, I'll use that term, weaponized the government judicial system to persecute the movement. So I said, you know, this, this persecution towards President Trump reminds me of exactly what happened here in the South, what we endured, and their heads exploded. And says, are you trying to say this is the same as what Dr. King went through? I said, yes. Y'all Google the, the, the article. Bruce Lavelle, NPR, and read it for yourself. I stand by that. I double down with that. Yes, our justice system weaponized the laws to come against a movement of a man who died on Memphis, Tennessee one night where my uncle was in attendance, died defending garbage workers, and was uh, weaponized through the judicial system. And I stand by that, the same judicial system that are trying to weaponize it against President Trump. Yeah, you know what? They haven't gotten any better. The FBI has been crooked since it was established, and they went through the Church Commission in the 1970s. That's supposed to fix it, and they've made it worse. They've made it worse. I want to ask you this, uh, Bruce, because uh, I am not a person of color, uh, but Fonnie Willis decides after you know having this uh, relationship, paying her boyfriend tax money for goods and services, I'm not thinking all related to the case here, uh, she went and spoke to a church and, and I got to tell you, I am s- tremendously saddened that a, a black congregation would allow this, allow this sort of political speech and this sort of nonsense. And, and I, and I got to tell you, maybe the, the people in the pews or part of the people in the pews, I don't think everybody in those pews were down with it, but, but the, some of the peoples in the pews believe it. But would you say that the people outside of the pews believe the nonsense with regard to Fonnie Willis and, and what she has allegedly done with her boyfriend and her tax money and the persecution of Donald Trump? Well, this is this is my, I, I know the big Bethel AME. I know some of the folks. I know a lot of the uh, folks who attend a lot of these congregations. I've been involved in ministry my whole life. You know, my church is 9,000 members that I attend. It's one of the largest multicultural churches in the country. It's called Victory World Church, so you know my background. And our biggest um, <clears throat> missions is cultural reconciliation and family restoration. That's our mission. Of course, missionary work throughout the world. So these particular institutions, as you might say, 
Um, it's unfortunate, and they're not the only ones. Some of our uh, white congregations, too, are the same thing, where special interests take big, huge money, and they sow money into, quote, uh, foundations on the side of the ministry, not so much as giving to the Church, but their, quote, foundations to to fund book writings or buy books, etc. And they put so much money into that, so when they come into town, they have favor and access to get to the pulpit or get to the congregation in front of them and do their pitch. And this is not this has been going on for gen, you know decades and decades. It's unfortunate, but in terms of the quote your question on black church, um, this is the same thing. This is the same thing that goes in inner city where huge uh, special interests go in there and they fund the pastors or the ministry's coffer. And then when you come out there and say, well, I oppose this, they remind you, it's like, listen, you know we've been a, a, a partner with you for years. Why are you voting against us? We want to keep funding. We want to keep being your partner, but you need to vote this way. Now, granted, it happens in Congress right now, and it happens in Senate, but, it, but the churches aren't, aren't immune to this, what I'm saying. So when you see stuff like that, you're kind of like, you, you know, you're scratching your head, but it's been going on for decades. Listen, the church is pay-to-play, just like uh, any other entity. You know, when you want to do something unethical, whether it's your business, your church, it's all the same. So, but in light of that, we only saw the, the first part of it. The interesting thing is to talk to some of the congregants that were there and get their opinion on what they saw, or what they, what they believe or don't believe, which is the interesting so yeah, I, I, when and, and usually when you run for something like that, that means there's some there's some inner guilt, there's some stuff you got going on. So now you're trying to go side with some allies and blow the whistle and call it a race card. Now, how is it a race card when we're <laughs> like asking you know asking about your inappropriate affairs? Now watch this real quick, Rob. Watch this. So now, and I'll tell you, and you're the second show I said this. I said it on Newsmax on uh, Katrina's show the other day. We're waiting to see the actual annual leave and sick leave in addition to when Mr. Wade and see where how that coincides together. Because remember, she's a county official, meaning that all the annual leave, sick leave, comp time, all of that has to be recorded by law. So it'll be interesting to see, coincidentally, that Mr. Wade is with her on every single part of these sick leaves as well as annual leaves, not to mention the crews that they were proven to be on together. So how can you, and, and you're stalling, <laughs> saying, well, well, you'll get my reaction in the court brief. No, you're quick to run out there and do press conferences with Sheriff Labatt and brag about how you're going to, like, put him in handcuffs and get a mug shop and beat your chest and we're going to get Trump and all this other stuff. So where are you at now? Where, wh- yeah. wh- why don't you go to the podium now? So uh, listen, once again, the spirit and this is the season of exposure. Yes, sir. This, too, will be exposed, like Jean Carroll up in New York, like yep. Letitia James, yep. like Jack Smith. Yep. Trust me. And Ted Cruz, you saw him come out with the endorsement. I know how people, you know, they mix feelings about Ted, whatever. Ted is a good—one thing I'll give Ted about, he's really good. He's a legal scholar. He knows the law yes, really sir. well. Marco, yes, a lot of these guys, they would not jump out here with these endorsements if they knew— deep down in their heart, that this stuff was not going to stick. They know it won't. That's why they know what the real truth is. 
Bruce Lavelle, do you have time to stick around for another segment? I, I want to ask you, uh, there's some talk about the possibility of, uh, you know, a vice president pick, at least Stefanik, possibly, you know, it's all whatever. And I also want to ask you about Brian Kemp going over to the <laughs> to Davos. He's over in Davos, by the way. So can you stick around for the next segment? Is that possible? Yep. Very yep. good, my friend. I appreciate it. Bruce Lavelle joining us, and we will continue on the Rob Carson Show right after this. Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline, Bruce Lavelle, former uh, senior advisor to Donald Trump, friend of the radio show. What'd you think of my home state of Iowa there, Bruce, when you went up there and it was 20 below zero? <laughs> oh, no, it, it was fun. Oh, man. It was a, it was a blast. You picked, it, it I mean, was, you uh, picked the... Um, a trek from the, obviously, the airport to the venue, but yeah, it, it was fun. I, I, I tell you, I, I didn't complain because I knew that the great Iowans were, were coming up for President Trump. So I, 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 how dare I complain when these people would walk in that snow and walk in those elements to those. And can you believe he, he, he broke the old margin of victory. He tripled it. And, and yet yeah. Rachel Maddow and, and, and MSNBC and CNN, uh, they, they did not allow Donald Trump's speech on. Nope. It's very clear that they are absolutely terrified of what yep. is coming because they're not going to be able to stop it, are they? No. You know, interesting, before... Uh, the caucusing uh, started. Um, every show that I went on, BBC and, of course, NBC, I told them, they said, what do you think the projection? I said, it'll definitely be above 50%. I did say that. Interesting enough, Carl Rowe, <laughs> you know how he is, I literally watched him frown and, and like, was so uncomfortable to say when he was asked what he thought the poll, he said it'd be 51%. Yeah. And I knew, I said, wow, if Carl said that, and I know why he did it, he says, if I'm going to stay halfway legit, I'm going to have to be honest about this. But it killed him to say it. Even he said it before uh, that what, Tuesday night. Did you see Frank Lentz the other day? Frank Lentz looked yeah. like a, he, he was like dead man walking. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable, but you know, Bruce and I and I believe this. And you know, I came on the radio syndicated show a couple of years, and and I, I am grateful that this is all coming together. And you had mentioned the season of exposure, and look at all the things that we've had exposed to us. And I do believe it's by the grace of God oh, yeah. that that the light is being yeah. shown on it because this is this is good and evil, right? This is good and evil. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's 100%. not a Republican Democrat thing. That's no. what I tell people it's right or wrong. Yes, and essentially. And that's what you make the message to, you know, especially for a, a person that may not have voted a certain way. I said, listen, forget about the title. Let's just look at the common sense. Let's look at the pro-con, the pro and cons. Not, you can call yourself whatever you want to be called. Who cares? Independent, Republican, Democrat, moderate, soft, liberal, whatever. Let's just sit down and look at it like a business perspective. Let's look at the balance sheet. Does this make sense to do this? Is it profitable? Is it healthy? If it is, okay, let's take a look at this. If it's not, then you wouldn't vote for it. And that's the sale, especially for me, you know, when I go around nationally, especially when I'm talking to a large, you know, minority audience or what have you, say, listen, you don't have to always be taken for granted. You know, don't just think people, you know, you're, you're going to have to do it this way because your mama did it this way, whatever. Let's just look at the whole picture here. And so that's really the that the sale I've always done, especially when I was uh, chairman here in Georgia, the GOP, some 15 years ago, I said, you know, let's just make the sale. Let's make the sale of the idea. 
Not so Let me ask you this, because we are, we're almost out of time here. Um, uh, a VP candidate, sounds like uh, Trump has already got one in mind. People are talking about Stefanik. Uh, real quick, do, is there anybody you kind of would like to see in there? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's put it this way. Um, I have a, <clears throat> I'm, I'm probably 90% sure I know, but um, I can tell you this, and your listeners, I, I can tell you who won't be. It'll be none of the folks who ran against him. All right, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be Vivek. That? I mean, Vivek came on strong and all that. He was he was saying all the things we want to hear towards the end there. I don't mind the guy. I think he's a pretty good guy. Uh, I think the, the biggest problem with him is it's trust. Bruce Lavelle, we got to run. It is such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for fitting us into the schedule today, my friend. Have yep. a glorious week, and I'll be sending you some choice, choice pictures of awesome food that I'm making, all right? <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thanks for having all me. All right. Take care, my friend. Let's go uh, to break. This is The Rob Carson Show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Carson Show. This is our number three of the Rob Carson Show. The number is 800-922-6680. It doesn't spell anything. I think they looked at Carson, you know, like 1-800-CARSON. They said, ah, no, it's not available and it's not worth the money. Anyway, 800-922-6680. Have you become a Newsmax Plus member yet? This is the way uh, so many conservative media are going because of the uh, attacks on them by the federal government using the DHS, the uh, the IRS, the uh, the global uh, the global disinformation uh, uh, complex, and it's true. It is it is true. We are being targeted. It is very obvious. Stanford Virality Project, CISA, and on and on and on. I won't belabor that. But it is. This is this is where you have to go. And I'm telling you, you know, as uh, as the number of people you can trust dwindles, 
particularly in a in a, a season of politics and a, and a season of unbelievable uh, malfeasance by the federal government and the press, you want to have somebody you can trust. I trust Newsmax. I work at Newsmax. You know what Newsmax tells me every week when I do my TV show? Do your TV show. They don't say you can't talk about that. If you can't talk about that, they say do your TV show. And I do my TV show. And Newsmax is much must-see TV. Last night, Rob Schmidt's monologue was ridiculously awesome, uh, talking about all of the media suddenly, after four years of saying Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, suddenly deciding that Hunter Biden might have some legal problems. And Rob Schmidt's monologue last night was just fantastic. His use of video, his his writing, honestly, I I really and you got to check Schmidt. You got to check all of the the wonderful anchors there. Uh, you've got Eric Bowling, Greta von Susteren. She's right down the middle. Uh, you know, you'll see Alan Dershowitz on there. You will see uh, Carrie Lake on there as a pundit. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson. So uh, Newsmax. In case you haven't been following Newsmax, I started there four years ago, and Newsmax has just blown up. It is making an impact on the uh, news media. Everybody knows. MSNBC knows about Newsmax. Fox knows about Newsmax. So if you want to become a Newsmax Plus member, just do this. Sign up for your free trial and, uh, and join us, will you? Just go to NewsmaxPlusPLUS.com, NewsmaxPlus.com, and you can, uh, you can check it. And then you can see the archive of Rob Carson's What in the World, which is highly funny. And, uh, and uh, we would appreciate that. We would appreciate that. So I'm um, looking forward to a weekend of, uh, of football playoffs. This would be pretty exciting. I have a couple of uh, uh, teams in the hunt, one of them being the Kansas City Chiefs. That's where I live. Been a Kansas City Chiefs fan most of my life, except for when I was a little kid, way back when, uh, kind of leaned towards the Steelers. Because the Steelers were the guys that wore the black hats, and the Cowboys were the ones that wore the white hats. And the Steelers had the terrible towels. And they had people like Mean Joe Green. And they had the Iron Curtain and all of that. But I love the Chiefs, too. And then also, let's not forget the, uh, the Ravens as well. So the Ravens. The Steel, did, no, did I say the Iron Curtain? No, it wasn't the Steel Curtain. It was the Iron Curtain. It wasn't the Steel Curtain. Brian is talking to me. All right, just Google that, Brian. He was saying it's a steel curtain. I say it was the iron curtain. I know the iron the iron curtain was it, but I do they use you sure they use steel curtain? All right, whatever. All right. Uh, I would place a bet on it, but no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Thank you for telling me though. I appreciate it. Well it was back when Bradshaw was playing and all that. And I was a little boy and it was just cool. They were just they were just badass. Mean Joe Green. I love Mean Joe Green. Yeah. Anyway, so Chiefs fan. And then also, obviously, the Ravens. Because uh, my show is based out of WCBN Baltimore. And also, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a dozen years. And I didn't go see D.C. sports. Uh, this was before the uh, Nationals moved downtown. And, uh, and I'd, I'd, occasionally, I'd go see uh, hockey, obviously. But when I chose football or baseball, I went to Balmer. I went to Balmer, and I and I my heart is in Balmer, and and you know what? I, I either one of these teams make it all the way, I'd be happy with it. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the New England Patriots held a press conference to introduce uh, Jared Mayo as their new head coach. This is historical because he's the first black uh, you know uh, coach in the history of this franchise and all of that. And yesterday he decided to bring in uh, color, and this is uh, I, I got to tell you, 
uh, kind of ticked me off because, you know, we all know what Black Lives Matter did to the NFL. It almost killed it a couple years ago. And the NFL was down with it and everything. And this is a coach that, you know, when you're a coach, you just look at players as players. That's it. When you're a player, you just look at players as players. There's no racial division when you give your brother on the field a hug, whether he's black or white, regardless of your color, it doesn't matter. Not one damned bit. And that this man would bring up the race in this, I think is a all you need to talk about is how we're going to make this team better, how we're going to live up to the the glory that has been here, and how we're going to bring it back. But he insisted on bringing up race, and that's where I say they should have held the mayo. Okay, I waited like 24 hours to deliver that line. I'm not so sure it was worth it now. Do see color, because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. And whatever whatever happens, where's where's the racism? Where's the racism now that you're given the chance as the first black coach at this franchise and you're already biting the hands that feed you? Where is the racism? Black, white, disabled. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. Or person, I've always, even someone with disabilities, I always, uh, you know, for the most You know, maybe you ought to be the new CEO of United Airlines. Or people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they, they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is, like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. Oh, so it God. goes back. He, he sounds like uh, uh, General Milley right there. I want to understand white rage. To whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter. But it does matter so we can try to fix a problem. What, the hell, what the hell problem do you as an NFL coach have to fix? Honestly. I mean, you are, gosh, dang it. What, what the hell are you thinking? What the hell? You remember Rob Schmidt? He he said, you know, the end of a dynasty. I don't know how he tweeted about it last night. But I said, what in the hell? Just shut up. Thank God and your team for hiring you and get on with the business of winning football games. You know, honestly, this is so stupid and ridiculous, and, and I just I don't have any time for this nonsense. I, I don't know how people in, uh, you know, uh, in New England are treating this, how New England fans are feeling about this, but what a really crappy way to start off your reign as the head coach of the Patriots. You want to get rid of the Patriots, too? Is that too white for you, maybe? Maybe we should do something. I don't know, really, honestly. It, it really is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu last week that Israel cannot defeat Hamas, that there is no military solution, that Israel have to accept a Palestinian state. Israel is telling Tony Blinken to suck it. NBC News report Wednesday that Blinken and Biden are therefore trying to work around Netanyahu, the democratically elected leader of Israel, in a departure from the Biden administration's posture as a supposed defender of democratic ideas. Blinken told Netanyahu that ultimately there is no military solution to Hamas, according to the officials. Of course there is. They're stomping the crap out of them. Why are we on the side of Hamas? With regard to Israel, Hamas must be destroyed. What they did on October the 7th and the left's subsequent locked and loaded AstroTurf response to it should show you everything you need to know. Israel is facing an existential crisis. And as far as I'm concerned, Israel can do anything, use any means necessary to wipe them off the face of the stinking earth. Blinken faces two obstacles. 
One, that Israelis believe that they are, in fact, capable of winning the war. Of course they are, and they are. And that they are doing so. Two, that Palestinians themselves do not want a state more than they want to destroy Israel, meaning a state is doomed to fail. And I'll just posit this. The, uh, the uh, Hamas was elected into power in 2005. They doubled down on uh, their anti-Israel uh, beliefs, and they ultimately culminated in an attack on October the 7th that is so barbaric. I'm not going to read the details. I have two articles over here about how women were raped with nails driven into their kneecaps while they were being raped and babies being baked alive. Should I go further? There is no pause or ceasefire. There is only the destruction of Hamas and any like-minded individuals who support them. And it is a shame that Hamas uses civilians because they are such freaking cowards. Yeah. And let's talk about the rampant uh, anti-Semitism taking over the country. Apparently, University of Pennsylvania is the worst in the country. They fired their president. Uh, Claudine Gay was fired. The uh, the idiot over there at MIT. All three liberal Karens, by the way. All three liberal Karens. Got a new theme song for them. I'll play it in a second here. But yesterday in Congress, uh, uh, Jonathan Schnazder, Schanzer, I should say, senior VP for research at FDD, talked about what's going on on America's campuses right now, and it'll shock you. So you have a speaker at Penn against the occupation, a rally praising Hamas for a job well done on 10-7. We have at Penn's A.E. Pie House, someone scribbled the message, Jews are Nazis. The Hillel was broken into, the Chabad was vandalized, a swastika was drawn on an academic building. We're watching protests where they're calling for Palestine from the river to the sea. This is calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. They're calling for an intifada, a violent uprising. There's a vigil and a walkout to honor the Palestinian martyrs, those that are killed fighting against Israel. And then finally, a faculty senate statement uh, published that was really, I think, uh, the end message was that the university should not cave to Jewish donors who are demanding change. As Bruce Lavelle said earlier, we are in a season of exposure, and we're seeing this, and, and I'm grateful that uh, this attack by Hamas on Israel, unprecedented, an act of war and brutality like the world hasn't seen since the 7th century. Worse than 9-11 when you think about it. Jonathan Shanzer, by the way, is the foundation for defense of democracies. He was the one who was saying it. But I'm grateful this has been exposed. I'm grateful all the anti-Semites have, uh, have been exposed. So that way we can kick their butts, right? That's why they can kick their butts. We can kick their butts. I mentioned a new uh, Karen theme song because, you know, Karens are ruining America. They're trying to uh, make sure that we can listen to certain things and say certain things and get rid of Mrs. Butterworth. And Israel, they all hate liberal Karens. They think Hamas is great. Liberal AOC Jamala. They are behind the move to D 
defund police. The squad are Karens. They're mostly unappealing. Come on, yeah. And quite obese. Doobie doobie doobie. Rachel Maddow, Joy Behar, liberal Karens. Doobie doobie. This is Jim Gossett. Come on. They want to take our freedoms from you and me. Because liberal Karens hate this country. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah. So coming up, the uh, former Space Force commander uh, told the House that he was fired for criticizing DEI. And when you hear this guy, former Lieutenant Colonel Colonel, uh, Matthew Lohmeyer, uh, it's going to shock you with how bad things have gotten in the Defense Department, in the military. Uh, And we're going to share that on the other side of this break. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. All right, all right, all right. I know it was a steel curtain. Dear Lord. <laughs> the steel curtain, of course. The the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, what was that, 75, 76? That was with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mean Joe and I uh, caught a jersey from the kid with a Coke and uh, you know, Terry Bradshaw and all those guys. So, yeah, okay, steel curtain. I misremembered. <laughs> Uh, but, but that was what it was, right? Because you were either, like in the in the mid-70s when I was a kid, it was, uh, you were either, largely, at least in the Midwest where I was, you were either Cowboys or you were Steelers. And uh, my family, we chose to be the Steelers because they were tough, they were blue collar, they had terrible towels, they were threatening, they had the steel curtain, and the Cowboys had Landry, he's got this nice hat on it. They had, they, and by the way, the cheerleaders are still, I mean, oh, damn. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to play the audio from uh, the Space uh, Force Director after the bottom of the hour. I don't have time to really get into it. It's, it's, it's really good. Okay, it's really, really good. But for those of you who don't think we're in a, uh, a fight between good and evil, I, I would I beg to differ with you. <clears throat> it's very clear that the, the left in this country is bedded down with the side of evil. If you look at unfettered abortion, if you look like uh, look at uh, open border, which causes uh, trafficking of fentanyl and children, if you look at, uh, uh, I can go on and on about all of the the policies of the left that are evil, that are down, uh, you know, changing your kid's gender. Are you out of your mind saying that women's careers could be destroyed by letting men compete in their sports? That's freaking evil. And then there's this. NBC edited Jesus from uh, Texan player C.J. Stroud's post-game interview this weekend. I want you to listen to the original tape of of this uh, player thanking Jesus for giving him the strength to win the game. First and foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. Being in this city for as short as I've been. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There you go. NBC subsequently shared the clip later on social media. However, they decided to take the Jesus out of the comment, which I would venture to say is about the most important thing he would say that he said. CJ, your first playoff game in your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing 
being in this city for a short. Yeah, there you go. That's that's your uh, that's your NBC, and they're taking some heat. And then, my God in heaven, they should take uh, some heat over this. And then there's this: if you don't believe that evil is at work here, you remember the uh, the governor of Iowa who let the Satan statue uh, exist in the rotunda just to be D words for Richard uh, to the to the uh, Christian display that was there. The invocation at the Washoe County Commission happened in Nevada. And they invited uh, a, a gentleman to come and do it. Jason Miller is his name, not the guy associated with Getter. And he decided to do an invocation devoted to Satan. I want you to listen to this. I'm just going to let it play. I want you to listen to this. Thank you for letting us here. My name is Jason. I am an organizer and founder of Reno Satanic. And I am here to give the invocation today. Let us begin. To hell with you. De nostris, Satanus, Luciferi, Excelsi. In the name of the eternal rebel against tyrannical authority, in the spirit of your nature of the natural world, the freedoms of thought and expression, unprejudiced intellectual inquiry, economics and social progress to bring influence and guiding actions of nobility and justice to the decisions made in this chamber today. Uh, just real quick, listen to how close that is to the messaging of the Democrat Party and the left. Listen to it. To act with might in the undertaking of responsibility that may lay ahead of this body before us today. The new age is dawning that these decisions will play a role in. For our liberation, for here and now is our day of joy. Here and now is our opportunity. May we seize this glorious day and its enchanting nights to celebrate the wonders of the natural world as we are all part of its boundless mysteries. Sounds like uh, environmentalism. In the spirit of the unconquerable sun, the bringer of light and knowledge, we say, Shemham Farash, hail Satan. I gotta tell you. Okay. Yeah, I know um, what you can do with that message. You can go straight to hell. I believe a long time ago God kicked Satan's ass, and I think we need to do it again. How about you? Are you ready to kick Satan's ass? I'm ready to kick Satan's ass. Honestly, there are no words. There are no words for that. There are no words for that except we have to win, and we will. Coming up, the uh, former Space Force commander talks about Marxism in the military. Also, we have a Don't Catch the Stupid update that is breathtaking. This is The Rob Carson Show. There is just so much to get to today and uh, so little time. I have a uh, don't catch a stupid update that's mind-bending. Also, a, uh, a fisherman are heading to the Supreme Court. You will not believe what the federal government wants to do to uh, fishermen when they go out fishing. I mean, it is so Soviet, and I mean this. One, It is more Soviet than I've ever heard anything from our federal government, other than, of course, the, uh, the DHS, the Disinformation Governance Board, and the War on Free Speech, which has been exposed. But um, a former Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer was kicked out of the, uh, the United States Space Force May of 2021 after he voiced concerns over Marxist-inspired critical race theory teachings in the military. And he appeared before Congress to testify on the ongoing Marxist-inspired efforts to subvert and weaken our military and broaden and broader American society, and he's right. 
uh, I don't know if you know this, but but uh, white recruiting is dropped dramatically. And why would you belong to the military as a white person? And I'm not meaning to make this about race, because but but the the uh, the uh, the DoD is doing that. The DoD is signing people up, and then when you get in, they are indoctrinating the the young men and women in military to hate one another. And if you are a white soldier, you are going to get pummeled every single day. You're going to get punished for being born the way you were born. You are going to be hated by the people, not only in the leadership of the military in some areas, but also your fellow soldiers. That's the goal. And now the military is begging white recruits. You know what? You better fix this right now because you're not going to have any recruits. You better fix this right the hell now. Because I wouldn't, right now, I wouldn't suggest anybody consider a career in the military until these jackasses are drummed drummed out of power. And this DEI nightmare is left in the dustbin of history. I want you to listen to this this, uh, uh, testimony yesterday from uh, a man who was fired for pointing out the very dangerous road we're going down. Specifically, I criticized the military's diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, which at my own base were illegally occurring despite an executive order from the Commander-in-Chief. The diversity, equity, and inclusion industry is steeped in critical race theory and is rooted in anti-American Marxist ideology. I watched DEI trainings divide our troops ideologically and in some cases sow the seeds of animosity toward the very country they had sworn an oath to defend. Before writing that book, I submitted a formal written complaint to the Space Force Inspector General's office detailing that such violations were occurring, including illegal race-based discrimination, but my complaint was never investigated and was later dismissed by then-Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, whom the Senate just confirmed for his fourth star. Yeah. And we have a Secretary of Defense who was just off two weeks without telling anybody he was in the hospital. Didn't tell the President of the United States, didn't tell his Undersecretary. We got to fix this. I predict, and what I'm, what I know, the reason why they are making the military hate our country, and our troops hate one another, is because those in power don't see the military as a defensive weapon against our enemies, but an offensive weapon against those who oppose the government. One thousand percent. You know, you're always like, how do militaries, how do they kill their civilians? I, what, I never understood that. How did the Soviets do that? How did the Chinese do that? How did the North Koreans do it? And then I went, oh, yeah. Just exactly what they're doing in our military right now. And I mean that 1,000%. You in the military know this as well. You can feel it in your bones. There's no place for this. More from Matthew We often refer to these efforts as wokeism, but it is also a culture war. Yet even in this committee, there are differing views about whether there is such a thing as a culture war underway. Some members of this committee have been outspoken critics of DEI initiatives to include... You ever heard of the cultural revolution from Mao? Carbon copy. CRT, drag shows on military bases, trans activism, LGBTQ pride celebrations, and woke military recruiting videos, all things that are visible components of an ongoing culture war. Tearing down your country's uh, history, tearing down your country's uh, statues and monuments. Ranking member Garcia, as he just mentioned, on the other hand, and asserted as recently as two weeks ago, says that the culture wars are quote-unquote phony, 
and are merely a political talking point of Republicans. It's nothing if not incredible for a member of this subcommittee to assert that culture wars are phony, while another member who's not present at the moment of this committee is a member of the so-called progressive squad, was herself a Black Lives Matter organizer yeah. and activist, an yes. organization whose publicly avowed ideology is Marxism. Yeah, this is why your federal government won't condemn Black Lives Matter even though they're corrupt, even though they espouse Marxism. Because the deep state and many in power in Washington, D.C. are Marxists. That's uh, what, um, that's what uh, fundamentally changing America is all about. Mm-hmm. One more soundbite from Mr. Lohmeyer. Service members who wear the uniform of their country do not want to see these things in the military workplace. They don't want to see them at their bases. In most cases, this is true regardless of their race or their political worldview. Despite that reality, Pentagon officials requested $140 million to expand woke diversity initiatives in fiscal year 2024, double what it's been the previous two years. While corporate America is rejecting it as nonsense, our military is doubling down on it. They're trying to destroy our military and weaponize it against those who would oppose this. There are a few things taxpayers such as myself feel less essential to the mission of uh, the United States military than expanding diversity mandates and indoctrination. And now an important point. Such aggressively opposed ideological worldviews competing for institutionalization through policy epitomizes and formalizes what is properly termed a culture war. The fact that these debates now infect the U.S. military workplace is an offense to people like me who love their country and all people regardless of their race gender, sexual preference, or background. Good morning. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't uh, have my kids sign up for the military right now. Not until they get their act together, because honestly, it's, it's uh, a joke. I'm not saying anything about those who are active duty military right now, but you know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You guys in the military, you know it, and you reject it. It's got to stop. And then if you don't believe me on that, listen to this. The Biden administration reportedly worked with a German government agency to train hundreds of American school teachers to turn their students against conservative media. It's true. The Media Research Center censorship investigation project uncovered the secret collaboration through a FOIA request analyzing public records. The Department of State and the Department of Homeland Security funded the effort. The Biden administration actively trying to keep Americans from learning about conservative ideas. What is particularly shocking is there is a censorship program was funded by American taxpayers. Here's Brent Bozell. The State Department trained educators on how to inoculate students against ideas not approved by the left. Over 700 teachers participated in a year-long series of 11 State Department seminars hosted by the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab. One session of the State Department seminars centered on how to train children as political activists. This curriculum included lessons promoting street protests for leftist causes and detailed instructions on how to turn school children into media producers who advocate against free speech. Wow. The NewsGuard portion of the curricula was funded in part by activist billionaires George and Alexander Soros. This should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, Alexander Soros has visited the White House, I think, seven times in the last year. Your children don't have to be subjected to this, and you don't have to take it. This is the retribution that's going to happen. These people are going to pay for this. Uh, it's going to be a wholesale reinvention of this deep state. It's going to be driving people out of power. It's going to be about bulldozing the swamp, p- 
paving it over and starting again with we the people building it. Listen to this. This is the most Soviet thing I think I've ever heard. Fishermen are headed to the Supreme Court to cast the uh, Chevron overboard. Uh, Attorneys representing northeastern fishermen will make their case at the Supreme Court on Wednesday that the 40-year-old precedent most commonly cited to support federal agency regulatory power should be cast into the oceanic abyss. What this is is, see, uh, uh, the uh, group of fishermen from New Jersey uh, have a lawsuit against the Commerce Department regulation. Listen, uh, through the National Oceanographic and, uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric so- uh, Administration, which required their boats, each boat, every time they go out, to pay $700 per day to fund the salary of a government bureaucrat who rides on your boat with you, okay? Uh, the, the salary of a human at sea monitors for each fishing venture. The heart of the case asks uh, the court to overturn the 1984 precedent from a case called Chevron USA, uh, blah, blah, blah. You cannot even promise to pay the crew $780, but they are literally putting uh, at-sea observers on private fishing boats in federal waters. Its objective was to prevent overfishing, but now it is to monitor. And it reminded me... And I'm sure many of you are saying the same thing. It reminded me exactly of this. How many agents did the KGB put aboard my boat? Your boat, Captain? Yes. This vessel belongs to the people of the Soviet Union. Captain, this is an historic moment for all of us. Yeah. There you go. If I was one of these monitors, I'd want to avoid drinking tea. That's all I got to tell you. (laughs) Wow, can you believe that? That is unacceptable, unexcusable. This is uh, Donald Trump talking about how this little scheme is out the door when he's the president. Now, crooked Joe Biden is waging war on our fishermen, and today the Supreme Court is hearing a case on a Biden regulation, you know all about it, that requires New England fishermen to pay $700 a day. That sounds like a lot of money. To- and have a KGB official on their boat. I mean, Seven hundred. You know about that? Seven hundred dollars a day for your fishermen, Mr. Chairman. That's not. That's not acceptable. For a federal bureaucrat to ride in their boats, they want to have a federal bureaucrat wow. ride in their boats every single time they go out to fish because they want them to fish in a certain area. Can you believe this? Wow. That will end on day one. Tell your fishermen friends. You know they're too busy working right now. Yeah, they work their asses off so they can feed you. Honestly, I. A government bureaucrat on every fishing boat, you have to pay for the abuse. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is it, man. This is the retribution. This is what I'm talking about. This is why the left is so terrified, terrified of you and me. They're demonizing us. They're saying that we're enemies of democracy. And all I have to say is, I'm going to get a T-shirt, man. It's just going to say, I am MAGA. I am MAGA. It's not Donald Trump. It's about America. It's about saving us from the abyss. This is some good news, though. In Baltimore, uh, the equivalent of uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter took place. Did you know about that? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the Baltimore Sun has been purchased by a conservative. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Here is the story out of Balmer. The major shakeup tonight is the Baltimore Sun has now been sold to David Smith, executive chairman of Sinclair Broadcasting. The Sun reporting that deal also includes other papers, the Capital Gazette, Carroll County Times and other papers and magazines in the area. 
Smith did not disclose how much he paid, but said the deal is independent of the broadcasting company, which does own nearly 200 stations across the U.S. The Sun founded in 1837, Maryland's largest daily newspaper by circulation. I will renew my subscription to the Baltimore Sun. I absolutely will. This is glorious. And, of course, the left has their panties in a bunch, both men and women, by the way, you know. So uh, in 2021, liberal journalists were crestfallen that the Tribune, the Baltimore Sun's parent company, would merge with uh, Alden Global Capital, an infamous newspaper conglomerate known for stripping now newspapers to ghost status, etc. Monday, local businessman Sinclair broadcast executive David Smith, they paid $100 million, by the way. And I think part of that is that he wants to make money, and he also realizes how important it is to wrest it from these Marxists and leftists who run the damn thing. CNN reacted in the same way. Oliver Darcy, their deranged liberal media hall monitor, whined in his media newsletter that it's a deal that has set off alarm bells since Smith local stations around the country has had previously inserted right-wing editorial segments into its local news broadcast. See, they want a complete domination in the media with the left. It sucks, don't it? And they're whining and complaining about Twitter, and they're caterwauling, and they're trying to get quit, uh, you know, get to advertisers to quit Twitter, and they are. But Elon Musk knows how important it is that Twitter is free. Smith was dismissive of the Sun's journalism, deflected questions about his own political activities, according to NPR. Yeah. He also sees that Smith has been a major funder of GOP candidates. Oh, like George Soros of the left, yeah. More recently has funded far-right outfits like Project Veritas and Turning Point USA. Good. I'm going to get online right after the show and re-up my subscription. Of course. I love it. Let's take a break and come back. We're going to wrap things up with a, a phenomenal Don't Catch the Stupid update, and that is on the way. Don't go anywhere. Rage against the machine. So Illinois is the latest state considering all mail-in voting. You know why? Because Democrats want to steal the damned elections. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Uh, This is an interesting story. Illinois Citizens Group filed a formal complaint with Illinois State Board of Elections. Uh, Ghost voters over 4 million possible registration violations. A couple from Illinois, J.D. and Zen Zitko, have formed a group concerned citizens who have been analyzing the Illinois state voter database. They found some serious irregularities detailed in a formal complaint filed by Bernadette Matthews, director of the Illinois State Board of Elections. You want to hear some weird stuff? Over a four-year period, Illinois uh, population decreased by 150,000, but their voter rolls increased by 650,000. Over 2.5 million people had their votes cast prior to their registration dates. More than 230,000 registrations uh, show seemingly illegal or illogical registration dates. There are more than 4 million apparent registration violations out of 8.9 million registrants. Ken has been a uh, an uh, MSQL data analyst and architect for 28 years, working with Fortune 5 companies. Jody's been working with people data and analytics since the 1990s in uh, large enterprise environments. So there uh, there are experts on the uh, on the subject. They were able to view a copy of the Illinois, Illinois State Board of Elections voter roll while working for a candidate for the U.S. Senate. The couple also did an informal study of Illinois voting history. They decided to check their own records. They were shocked to find that their own history showed votes cast in three midterm elections where they didn't vote. 
from April through uh, uh, June 2020. Two, they were able to meet and sit down with over 1,300 Illinois residents across the state. They uncovered over 57% irregularities, including votes cast when the voters didn't vote. And some of these people are very upset about it. 11% of voters they interviewed had uh, had votes cast in their name for elections they did not participate in. It was an emotionally draining experience as reality sat in. A number of people visibly trembled. A few shed a tear or two. I recall one particular individual young man in his early 30s when he was asked if he wanted to see his history insisted. He didn't need to see it because he knew his history after watching several others receive reports with shocking results. He finally asked to see it. In his case, he had a missing vote from 2020. He was so enraged, his his face turned beet red, stood there for 30 minutes, repeatedly shaking his head in disbelief. There you go. There you go, Illinois. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, this is why the left told you you couldn't say anything about uh, 2020 and other elections. So, uh, uh, like Tubman, the home stands out in the crowd. A New Mexico developer sparked outrage after naming designs for new homes after Nazi Holocaust victim Anne Frank and former slave Harriet Tubman. Abrazo Homes in Albuquerque featured a house on Zillow called the Harriet, named after a former slave and abolitionist Harriet Tubman. Another was dubbed the Anne Frank House after a famous Jewish girl who penned a diary while being persecuted by the Nazis. The Harriet in Rio Rancho was listed as the winner of the Buyer's Choice Award. I believe there was a tunnel under it, actually, to a backyard. I could be wrong. I believe the Anne Frank also had a sliding bookcase. They have since uh, rethought their... I want to get the Abraham or maybe the Malcolm. Don't get the Adolf. Stay away from the Adolf. You might consider the Morgan or the Denzel. I'd definitely go with the Jesus. I'd go with the Jesus because they got a wine cellar. they got a great kitchen. You can do bread and fish. It's fantastic. Let's take a break and come back and wrap this up. This is the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, have a glorious day. This was an epic show. Uh, if you want to hear the podcast and share it with others, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. That's Newsmax.com slash listen. Have a glorious day. God bless America, Israel, and, of course, you guys. And until tomorrow, which is Friday, don't get so stupid.